Welcome to Maestros On Air, presented by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Maestros On Air is a discussion of culture, news events, and life on the Space Coast, and highlights the music, concerts, and personalities of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. On the show, you'll hear from President of the Symphony Board, Eric Lee, SCSO Director of Communications, Bill Trudeau, and me, Jeremy Hickman. Sometimes we're even joined in the studio by the maestro himself, Aaron Collins. We're glad you're listening, so let's get going and find out what happens on this episode of Maestros On Air. Top of the morning to you. Arr, top of the morning to you, Bill. Top of the morning to you, Jeremy. Top of the morning to you, gentlemen. It's a wonderful day here in Central Florida. It is a beautiful day. We have the uh, door open at the uh, Peak Velocity Studios, and uh, we can hear the birds singing. You can't really hear them so much now. I think they left, but they were here earlier singing. So. No, they're listening to the show. They don't want to sing because they're not going to be able to hear the show. They can't sing and there. listen at the same time? Well, no. We have very polite birds around here. Yeah, That's and right. they do not multitask anyway. They're polite, I, I agree, but they don't multitask nevertheless we're lucky maybe one of them will uh, come into the studio <laughs> we can get them on the air good morning birds that'd be uh, nice nice so how are how are you all uh today great good. this coffee is fantastic oh uh, well, yes very pleasant yeah this yes, is a uh, dark roast right it is a dark roast yeah this is good i mean i like coffee no matter what let me tell you something this is how i look at it if i ever uh, have a cup of coffee and I'm like, uh, it's not so good. Immediately, it's a mindset. I put myself in North Korea during the North Korean conflict and I pretend that I am stuck in a berm and I'm frozen in, you know, like snowed in. And the only coffee you have is a block of brown coffee ice and you can chew it. So by that definition, if you think like that, if you think about that, any cup of coffee you have is great no matter what. Well, this is great coffee. Bill, because that's true. That's what they had to do back then. Bill, nobody thinks like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Speaking of uh, coffee, uh, what uh, mug do you have uh, this morning? Well, the Twin Cities. Have you ever been to the Twin Cities? In, only in my dreams. How about you? Well, you've been there because it's the... Uh, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I have been the, here. Yeah, this all, is evidence. All, all of right. these cups, I've uh, physically been to these places and brought them back. Right. I'm, I'm drinking from the evidence right now. <laughs> That's right. The Twin Cities mug. Yeah. I requested the Chicago mug. Well, of course, you always ask for the Chicago mug, but especially That's right. this week, go Chicago World Series Game 7. How about that? The yeah. Cubs have won the World Series. Can you believe it? Uh, After 108 years. Uh, well, I was a little sleepy then next day in fact i work with some guys out of chicago uh who were in town and we actually went out to a local establishment uh that night and watched the game uh and then you know finally late at when before they won but uh, when they had gone into overtime and then they uh, called it, uh, well, they didn't call the game, but they well, had they a had rain, rain, delay. rain delay. Yeah, so when they had the rain delay, we were all you know, getting kind of tired because it had been a long day, so I took them back to their hotel, um, and they were, you know, said they were going to finish watching up the that last inning uh, back at their hotel, and then when I saw them the next day, they were all smiling and happy, <laughs> but... Um, I, I will say, I think uh, not, a lot of, not a lot of work got done in Chicago the next couple of days. No, well, I would see like these notices, people 
companies say we normally open at eight thirty, but if we lose, we open at ten. If we win, we open at noon. <laughs> there was a lot of that I saw, if, if at all, in fact. And then I was uh, along with Bob Glock. I hadn't heard from him. I said, "Are you still alive?" He said, "Yes, barely." <laughs> Chicago was up for grabs. <laughs> Uh, Bob Gloppin. He said he didn't make it in until like four in the morning. Well, you know, there's no stopping Bob Gloppin. That's right. So, uh, but it's a huge thing for the city of Chicago. They're going to have the um, parade. I think they're dying the Chicago River blue, you know, for the Cubs. It's going to be, it's going to be epic. What what Uh, mug you got over there? uh, Oh, well, interestingly, uh, uh, I actually ventured out to a fine uh, location of Starbucks in Brevard. So I have a... Uh, a, a cardboard mug from Starbucks today. Oh, and it has your name the, on it. Uh, yeah, it does. Says You're breaking Jeremy. the tradition, though. You're well, breaking the tradition that we're trying to get going here. Next it, week, next next week, I will uh, I will find a fine handcrafted Starbucks You Are Here mug uh, for some place that we haven't talked about, and I'll drink from it. Oh, Jeremy, are you a man of tradition? I believe I am. Yes. Really? Okay. Well, you're on travel this week. Do you have a mug from where you're going? Uh, No, let's keep that under wraps, but I will go. uh, I'm going to a place that I've actually been. I literally can't count the number of times I've been there. But you don't have a mug. But I don't have a mug from there. I think it's one of those, you know, I never seem to have enough room in the suitcase or I'm uh, heading to the airport at the last minute. So I'll get a mug from there and uh, I'll unveil it uh, on on one of the upcoming shows. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Can I call it? No. Can I call it? No, you don't no, want to let no, the cat no, no. out of the bag. Actually, we I could don't do... mean it like that. I mean, can I get dibs you... on drinking from the cup? Of course. Okay. Well, I, I call thought... it. And maybe what we can do is, um, maybe that could be the question of the week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good idea. You know. Oh, you know what? Actually, we could do that. We could, uh, look at, we could look at a cup and not say what city is printed on there, but we can say the items that are on the mug... Oh, that's Just like the you know Seattle has the right. Space Needle, but we wouldn't call it the Space Needle. That'd be a giveaway, but right. you know, tall, thin tower. Uh, the one you, from Chicago has a Ferris wheel on it. Right. I've always liked skylines. Seriously, I dated this uh, this this girl. Was her name was ar- Martha Skyline. <laughs> was she an <laughs> no. architect? No, her name was Holly. I'm not going to say the last name. No, she was not an architect, but her and her mom. For whatever reason, her mother was an architect. They would be no. She was not an architect. She was not an architect. Trust me. But but they would be like really uh, blown away. Uh, like whatever would be on TV because we'd be watching. It was this was before the Weather Channel, but I could pick it out. Philadelphia, New York, Chicago. It didn't matter. And they go. They look at me. How do you know that? I love skylines. I've always loved skylines. So I love that idea for the for the contest. That's, That's going to be epic. It's right up my right up my alley. Well, you know that was uh, on Seinfeld. That was uh, George's um, <laughs> occupation. He always talked. He about. He always wanted to pretend to be an architect. architect you know, art Vandalay. Yeah, I'm and an that's architect. What he said. It was so funny. <laughs> this that episode. I'm an architect. <laughs> One of the episodes. Yeah, he's like Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry told him he he was uh, told this woman he was a microbiologist, and he said, "Jerry, you know, I always wanted to pretend to be an architect. Why did you do that?" Friend, <laughs> <laughs> his name was Art Vandalay. Yeah, I'm an architect. That was great. What a show. <laughs> that was a, that was a great show. This show is kind of like that, only not as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's about a, it, nothing. It's it's about even less with less comedy. Exactly. That's the beauty of it. All right. Uh, well, we should get back on track here. I didn't think like we were we off are, track, but okay. <laughs> like we, Do we have a track? 
Yes, we always have a track. Well, we could talk about the recent concerts. Uh, Most recently, we had two different types of concert over the course of the weekend. The quartet movement on the Friday evening. Right. We had that. And then uh, followed by the uh, Titanic, a tribute to James Horner concert uh, over the weekend. I thought those were really good concerts. They were really well received by uh, everyone. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make the concert because I had a conflict, but you brought the recording from the concert, and we were listening to it earlier, and what a great concert. Oh, yeah, it was really good. I think everyone really enjoyed it. Well, we can go ahead and play one of the selections from the concert. This is from the recording from the Brevard concert that took place at the Scott Center in Melbourne. This is actually the headline piece for the concert, uh, written by James Horner, performed by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. This is music from the movie Titanic.
the theme from Titanic, music performed by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra recently at the Scott Center in Melbourne. Our next concert coming up, honoring our heroes. This is a jazz orchestra concert. Right. That's going to be an interesting take. I think we're going to ha- have a lot of um, you know, World War II type um, references because it's going to be um, honoring our heroes on doing it Veterans Day and then the day after Veterans Day. Um, Pat Hennessy will not, is not available to conduct the orchestra this uh, concert, but we're going to have uh, Frank Wosar. I think if you remember him, he's the lead trombone in the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra. There was a concert. He, you know, did a great trombone solo. He's like wandering around the oh, stage. It was, a, it was a dashing young man, and frankly, was just full of life. Yeah, right. He, uh, uh, I think they had a, a bit of a, uh, a horn battle going on. Yeah, yeah. He's a great player. The orchestra's in good hands. So, but that's going to be a really good uh, concert uh, coming up. Well, interestingly, on the topic of the jazz orchestra, uh, we've got an interview. Actually, we did the interview a number of months ago, uh, and we, we we had planned to release it uh, at an episode that we had uh, a few months back, but uh, something else came up. Uh, we had an unexpected guest that we played that interview. So this interview has been sitting in the can for a little while, but uh, now's a good time, I think, to play it. This is somebody who's with the Space Coast Symphony, but who also plays in the Space Coast Jazz Orchestra, Andrea Rolison, another trombone player. We do tend to uh, gravitate towards trombone players. It was funny. We were on, we were carpooling. We were playing uh, Rigoletto up by the villages, and I, we were in the car. And I said, "So, you know, Andrea, would you like? We have this podcast. Would you like to be on the podcast?" And oh yeah, I'd love to be interviewed. So that's kind of how it all all happened. So, so we, you know, she's nice enough to be on the show, and she's a great trombone player. <clears throat> More of it really like specializes in jazz. And I'd like to point something out, if I may. It's biblical. Biblical. Anyway, uh, the walls of Jericho, a lot of people thought that they were brought down by horns, you know, or trumpets. That's what it was. Trumpets. They blasted the trumpets and down came the walls. No, no, no. Trombones. There were a lot of trombone players walking around the walls of Jericho. I thought it was tubas. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in this case, it would, would have been a sack butt, right? Back in the day, it would have been a sack butt. Sack butt. The sack butt. Well, sorry, gentlemen. These were trombones. Oh. Angels played trombones. Oh, there you go. This now, trumpet thing. I don't, I don't know where people get that. It's a wrong translation. Andrea Rolison has literally played with everybody. I mean, it's a who's who of music, as you can tell when you listen to the interview. If you name somebody who's big in the music world, she's played with them. Yeah. So. In fact, one thing to point out as we went back and re-listened to this interview, uh, she makes a reference to Frank Sinatra Jr., who, uh, interestingly enough, this interview we did with her was just a couple of weeks before Frank Sinatra Jr. passed away. So she talks about it, tells a story in the present tense. Uh, but then, so keep in mind, uh, was, certainly we're all aware that he recently passed away, but this interview uh, was recorded just before, while he was still alive.
All right, uh, we're with the uh, the one and only Andrea Rollison. She's uh, one of the trombonists in the Space Coast Symphony Jazz Orchestra, and uh, it's just a delight to have you on the program today. Well, thanks for calling. I'm uh, looking forward to this. Looking forward to talking to y'all. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be epic. So. Well, you don't have to look forward to it anymore because it's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, and it's very delightful. <laughs> so. So one of the things, you know, we always ask our ask our guests, you know, obviously they were born at a very early age, but um, <laughs> where, where uh, what get, got you interested in uh, in the trombone? Um, well, when I was growing up in Michigan, uh, I uh, attended a Methodist church, uh, and there was a wonderful trombonist that went to our church, uh, Ron Douglas, who taught many of the uh, students in town, and he was a band director there, and every Easter, he would have a trombone choir that would uh, go across the balcony of the church, and I'm assuming that was where I got my my first taste of trombone. It was just just gorgeous every Easter, and and he would also play in all the musicals and things at the church, so I just kind of grew up listening to him. That's really amazing that you had a trombone choir at your church. Oh, it was just, it was, you know, and I didn't realize that everybody didn't grow up with that. He was just, you know, we were just had this lucky gem, yeah. you know, in Jackson, Michigan with this wonderful trombonist that would put this together. You know what I like about the trombone? You feel like you're getting a little something extra. If I'm thinking, well, I want to play something. Hmm. Do I want to play a horn? No. Or a trombone. I'm going to go with the trombone. That's an excellent choice. Because I like the slide. I like the whole slide thing. Right. But listen, I'm already hearing our audience wincing. And just just a reminder, everybody, we we understand that a trombone is a horn. It's just a certain, a very specific horn. Right. But you get a little something extra with it. That's right. That whole slide. Right, you get all the you notes. You gotta love it. You gotta love the slide. I, I'm all about yeah. the slide. Anyway, I'll be quiet. Yeah, it doesn't get any cooler than that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because the only other, I mean, like the Moravian Church, you know, they have Trump. Have you ever been to any of those, like a Moravian service? No, I haven't. I haven't. Because I think there's one in Orlando, I think, a Moravian Church. I, Colin oh, and I wow. wanted to check it out. But, you know, it'd be a little bit of a drive from, you know, Merritt Island. Because I know out in the West Coast, um, Jeff Reynolds the, used to be the bass trombone player in the L.A. Philharmonic. He conducted the um, Moravian Trombone Choir. I don't think the Moravian Church is a recognized church, yeah, uh, Eric. Is. Sure it is. All right. Yeah, they, you know, they've got the trombones <laughs> everywhere. So, so you start, see, now you got me off track now. So you got inspired by the trombone choir in church, and then you, um, you know. So when did you start? When they start um, in Michigan? Was it like fifth grade? Uh, it's uh, sixth grade. Sixth grade, okay. Sixth grade, yeah. And I started in the summer band right before sixth grade. Oh, so you I could couldn't get a head wait start. wait to play the trombone. I oh, think. so you get head start. That's great. But have you heard yeah. Colleen Lee tell her story about uh, how she picked the trombone? I don't think so. Oh yeah, it was actually on an episode we uh, we did last year, and she talked about it. Apparently, when she was a kid, uh, her parents picked uh, some kazoo's of varying shapes to emulate uh, different horns, 
uh, and, you know, Ann Reeds, and apparently she picked the one that was uh, in the shape of a trombone. Right, so the trombone kazoo. She had a trombone kazoo, and then when it came time to pick an actual instrument, sorry, I apologize to all you uh, kazoo lovers. I did say an actual <laughs> instrument. Uh, uh, she actually uh, stuck with the trombone. Right, and then the funny thing about that story is her other two sisters, they had one had a clarinet kazoo and the other had a saxophone kazoo. They picked that in in band and her brother had a trumpet kazoo and he he played the trumpet. So But Andreas, I'd like to point something out if I may. Oh the, my gosh. The slide was a lot smaller on the kazoo version of the trombone. Much smaller. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But again, it was the only instrument that had the moving part. <laughs> exactly, it was a bonus. Yeah. So, all right. So you started in, um, so you started in sixth grade, and then, um, so where'd you go to? Where'd you go to school at? Uh, college at? Um, I went to uh, University of North Texas. Like it was called North Texas State back then. Oh, okay. So do you think and then that? I did that Sorry? start like your interest in jazz? Because, you know, they're really, North Essex State was is really known for their jazz program. Yeah. Um, I, I was interested in it before that. Um, I was studying with uh, that trombone player, Ron Douglas, and mm-hmm. uh, playing, you know, in my high school band at Jackson High right. and uh, for the first year and uh, was real interested. And in this, this gentleman came to our school and gave a presentation about interlocking. Oh, okay. And so I ended up... Uh, transferring and doing the last three years of high school for the Interlock and Arts Academy. Wow. And they had a jazz band and a little improv class up there and a trombone teacher, Dave Sporny, that really, you know, helped me get my start in jazz. So who was the, who was the trombone teacher at Interlocking? Uh, it was uh, David Sporny. And he was a jazz, he was more of a yeah, jazz he- trombonist? Uh, he was actually, he was an orchestral trombonist, but he was also a really fine jazz trombonist. Oh, wow. That's really hard to do both like that. Yeah. So I was real lucky because I had this interest in jazz for some reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, even though I'd never really done it, uh, I just, I, for some reason I had in my head, I wanted to play jazz. So I was lucky setting with him that, uh, you know, he was able to help me with both. Yeah. Oh, so you so then you fin- did like your last three years of high school at Interlochen then. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that's re- that's really great. So then, where'd you go to? So and then you went to uh, North Texas State after that. Yeah, and then to Bowling Green State after that. Okay, so you went to North Texas and then uh, Bowling Green. Yeah. Okay, I got you. So then, how'd you end up? How'd you end up in Florida? Um, I was, I had gone back to North Texas again, just to start my doctorate oh, okay. and, uh, was, uh, you know, mainly just down there cause I wanted to study a little more improv and things mm-hmm. and, uh, wasn't set on finishing the doctorate and, uh, running low on money. And there was a job in the polka band at, uh, Bush Gardens that opened up. <laughs> oh, okay. But over in uh, Tampa. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, being short on money and not sure I want to finish my doctorate, I went and took that and just never uh, left Florida. Oh, that's great. Have you ever been upset enough to want to hit somebody over the head with your trombone or to where you actually did hit somebody over the head with your trombone? (laughs) Well, you know, that's the thing is that even if I think I was that upset, 
I could never do that to my trombone. <laughs> You'd have to get like a beater trombone. You know? <laughs> exactly. You have to get one of those plastic key bones. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you, ch- you should see Eric's tuba. Not the one that he plays, you know, in the symphony. That's lovely. That's a very nice tuba as tubas go. But his he has another tuba. Believe me, he has hit people over the head with this tuba. Don't believe a word he says. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, uh, I, I yeah, certainly. I see that that maniac streak in him. I'm sure that's that right. happened. That's right. Don't believe a word he says. Yeah, I have not played a trombone since I was in junior high because then I switched to other instruments. But uh, when I was in junior high and played the trombone, I never hit anybody purposely with it. But as a a, a, a clueless teenager. On more than one occasion, I did, uh, with the end of the slide, bang the head of the trumpet player sitting in front of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've all done that. At least hit somebody's chair by accident. The worst is when you uh, put your slide over somebody's shoulder or, you know, over their leg or something by accident and the spit drips out on them. That's never, uh, doesn't get a great response. <laughs> I, wonder, I wondered how long it was going to take for the S word to rear its head in this conversation. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, there it is. You've noticed, interesting though, there's there's lots of music in all kinds of keys, you know, key of F, uh, key of C. Uh, nowhere, nobody ever plays anything in the water key. <laughs> the key of spit. Unless you're a tuba player. <laughs> I, I got this bumper sticker that says, you know, spit happens. And it's got like a two, like with like a gallon of water coming you, you out. You know so. what would be nice? To collect it and sell it, you know? Oh, this is famous spit from a no, we, famous we, We've trombonist. gone over the edge. I'm, I was just sitting here. Before oh, you even went there, yeah. I was thinking, you know, somebody could be having breakfast right now. They could be having dinner. We don't know. We, <laughs> we should probably change the subject. We'll have to put a warning like, before we play your interview. You <laughs> Explicit know? Yes. warning on iTunes <laughs> when it goes up. That's right. Yeah, uh, there'll guys, be spit involved. Andre, Andreas brought it up. I didn't. She brought it up. Oh. You started it. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you know, tr- trombone players are always up to something. They're usually the troublemakers in the band, usually. So, you know, because they've That's got the right slide, here. they can always do things. You know, so so then you um, so you're at Bush Gardens, and then I know you've been at Universal. What, like twenty years? You? Yeah, I started it around '93, and I'm still there. Wow, that's a, that's amazing. Because I know we were talking. Um, the other day, um, you're, you play like the character show. Why don't you tell us a little bit, bit about that? Um, uh, in the mornings of the park, they uh, have character greetings, and people can come out and get uh, autographs and take pictures with the different uh, characters, uh, Lucy Ricardo and Marilyn Monroe and uh, some of the other characters. And uh, we stand out uh, at the front of the park and uh, play their theme songs. Oh, that's great. Um, and we do it in kind of a jazz fashion. We'll play the, the melody, and then we'll all improvise solos. And uh, So it's kind of a fun thing and and uh, kind of gets up the energy for the, uh, the character, the characters. And who doesn't appreciate a jazzy theme song? I mean, I know I do. <laughs> do so do they have, uh, is uh, the Minions, is that a universal character? They do have the minions. Okay, yeah. so so what? So so there's a minion um, minion theme song. Um, there is a song, and for some reason we're not playing it yet. They come out and do a little minion parade right before we come out, usually, and oh, okay. then they leave. So they're usually not out there as we're doing our set. Okay, I got gotcha. you. 
Because I'm a big they, uh, that song. I think "Happy" is associated with their uh, with their movies. Okay, yeah, because I'm a big fan of the Minions. That's kind of like the joke, you know, with Colleen and I. That you know, Colleen's like the you know, we're all the Minions for Aaron, you know. So, <laughs> so I'm always like buying her like you know Minion, uh, you know, ver- paraphernalia, you know, because she's you know the head Minion. So, so I just wanted to you know get that Minion uh, plug in there. So. So I was looking on your um, yesterday. Colleen's like you know looked at your bio on the you know on the Space Coast Symphony website. I mean, you're it's like a who's who of music. I mean, it's amazing all you know all the different groups and everything you played with. I guess if you get old enough, uh, you run into some people. Yeah. <laughs> so, who do you think was like your? <laughs> who do you think was like your like one of your favorite? favorite things that you've, you know, played with? Other than, of course, getting ready to play the Minion song, of course. Oh, yeah, of course, the Minion song. Um, <laughs> uh, and Scooby-Doo are, of course, my, t- my, my t- two top. Um, but I would say um, uh, there's probably two. Uh, um, and the first one would be uh, maybe one that's lesser known to a lot of people, but Frank Sinatra Jr. Okay. Um, was just amazing. I mean, just like the most wonderful singer and the most amazing musician and just, you know, treat, treats the musicians, um, you know, like, like, like royalty. But I remember him sitting at the, you know, the front of the rehearsal and, you know, stopping and saying, you know, he doesn't have any scores or anything and we're sight reading the chart. And he says, Oh, I think that second trumpet note should be an F sharp. Um, you know, in the middle of this solely with all the stuff going on. I mean, he just he just hears everything and was such oh. an amazing musician. It was just, that well, was one of the most amazing experiences musically for me. So he must have like a photographic, like a photographic memory. To be able well, to... I'm thinking maybe he has a perfect pitch, if not just, uh, just really knows the charts. Um, well. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I know I definitely do not have perfect pitch, so somebody out there needs to have it to make up for my deficiency. <laughs> Andreas, I got to tell you, you are a joy to interview. Well, thanks. This was yeah. really fun. Are you a professional it. interviewee? <laughs> no, no, no. You're very good. Relating back to your day job, uh, how large is the group at Universal? It used to be a nine-piece brass band, and now it is a five-piece band with only two brass players and a rhythm section. So it's more like a little combo. Yeah, yeah. It's guitar, bass, and drums, uh, trumpet, and trombone. And so it sounds like this is a, a full-time gig. You guys are probably a pretty tight-knit group. You start out in the morning, and then you've got uh, a series of scheduled appearances at different parts of the park over the course of the day? Um, we only play in the mornings now in the park, and then we do a lot of their their private events at night. But yeah, we um, so we're done every day. We do the park opening, and we're done every day around noon. Oh, that's great! Yeah. And then you, of course, you play with everybody else in the world too. So, uh, so <laughs> anybody that calls, I'll answer yeah. the phone. <laughs> and then plus, you have a um, you also have uh, have like a business for uh, weddings. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I have a little company, uh, Music Remembrance, um, and it started out um, uh, with just a string quartet and a brass quartet, and uh, now we pretty much have about anything anybody could ask for, a harp, bagpipes, marching bands, 
Um, and we do weddings and events, um, a lot of wedding ceremonies and uh, corporate events, and uh, even a lot of uh, singing telegrams. You know, people will call up and want some song uh, done for someone for their birthday, and we'll surprise them at their house with a cake and uh, a band and <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> all great. kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun. So if somebody wanted to hire a group through you, what's the best way to um, contact you? Um, we have a website, uh, musicremembrance.com. So just go to the website? Can, yeah, they can go on the website or they can uh, call or email me. Okay. Um, if you wanted me to get that information sure. out. Sure, sure. Okay, they can call, call uh, 407 312 Two six six three, or email me at Andrea at musicremembrance dot com. Okay. Now remember, if anybody harasses you and drives you utterly insane by calling you and emailing you over and over again, you have Eric to thank for. Well, I'm just trying yes, to you know get the go. get the word out. So, what's the most popular uh, group for weddings? Was it what do you think? Like a string quartet? Is that the big thing now? It is the big thing, yeah. String quartet, and a lot of people, you know, if they're on a budget, uh, string trio. And okay. I think probably, actually, the most popular group right now is we have a string trio that is upright bass, guitar, and violin. And because uh-huh. they're all jazz players as well as uh, classical players, they can, like, do any request. You know, any, a lot of the brides now want, you know, pop songs. Okay. And so they can, they can do all that, even if they don't have the music. So the pendulum's kind of switching from classical to more pop and jazz, like what the brides want? It it is. The majority seem to want um, classical musicians, but, uh, you know, instruments, but they seem to want, you know, the pop songs that are special for them. So this group is kind of the perfect combination of those two, seems to be what people are going for. So not so much brass anymore for weddings. Um, there's still that happening, but it's not as popular. Um, I, I'm not sure why. I, I think it should be the most popular. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it used to be, you know, a lot more popular, you know, brass, because, you know, it's very, you know, festive, but. Yeah. Yeah, I know um, there were some uh, some string quartets, like the Vitamin Quartet, I think it's called, that were real popular on the Internet, and I think that kind of did a surge of the, the whole string thing for weddings. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping the trombone will come back because he doesn't want a trombone at their wedding. That's right. Are there any last minute, you know, crazy thoughts or ideas or what's on your mind? What, what, what is a secret that you hold dear that you want to release to your, to your fan base? Oh, a secret. That's good. Oh boy. Um, you know, when it comes to words of wisdom, uh, you know, I'm a trombone player. So I, I, I think that, you know, just talking about spit is basically all I've got. <laughs> uh, that's right. Spit happens. Good. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, you, you guys chose to, to interview a trombonist, uh, and I, I've got to put that on you. Well, we've had you know? a lot of trombone players on the show. We've had, you know, Colleen's been on the show. Uh, Pat Hennessy's been on the show. I mean, we kind of gravitate to, you know, trombone players. And Don Staples has been on the show. Yeah. So we've... And- We've got a lot of trombone players. And just so show. you know, a little spit never scared me. I don't know about these guys, but, you know, oh, I a love, little spit never scared I me. I love spit. Yeah. Who doesn't? I'm going to go out on a limb. Can I go out on a limb? You're already yeah, on yeah. a limb. All right. Well, I'm already here anyway. Oh, yeah. Andreas, we love you. 
<laughs> I mean, we're not in love with you because we don't know you well enough, but we love you. Yeah, you've been a you've been a great uh, interview on the show. Oh, thanks. It was really fun. Andrea, what a woman. Wow, what an interview. She's beautiful. She's funny. She's uh, exciting, exquisite, uh, elegant, elegant. I would say elegant. Anyway, talented, talented, very talented. Yeah, one of the neat things is uh, we've had a lot of performers who, because we live here in the central Florida area, have uh, performed uh, for Disney. Uh, this was the first person we've had on who her living was made at Universal. Yeah, we're breaking yeah. ranks, Jeremy. That's right. We're mixing it up a little mm -hmm, bit. Mm -hmm. It's a very uh, good perception yes. or observation astute, that you have. Very astute. Yes. Very good observation you've made. And I mispronounced her name. That's part of your I charm. I realize it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I said Andreas. To me, Andreas is an earthquake waiting to happen. Am I right? The San Andreas fault. That's well, correct. that's what I mean. Okay. San I, I was Andreas. thinking more like an opera singer. You think? Andreas. Andreas. That's got a nice ring to it. An opera singer on... Andreas Falcone. I don't know. So That's got a nice ring to it. What's, what, what would it be on the Richter scale as far as opera singers? <laughs> Sounds like it could be a bass. Andreas. Like an eight? Probably. 8.5. It'd be, it'd That's be a big, big one. That's a big It'd be a lot of devastation. That's a big quake. It'd be really big. 8.5 on the Richter. But again, Andrea Rolison, uh, Space Coast Jazz Orchestra, uh, it's topical because our next concert honoring our heroes is over the Veterans Day weekend, and it is going to be performed by the Space Coast Jazz Orchestra. Right. That's going to be a great concert coming up, honoring our heroes with the Space Coast Jazz Orchestra. And in fact... Uh, you have probably seen on the website, but let's go ahead and talk about the dates and times because we did have a venue change. Right. So um, on Veterans Day at 7 p.m. Friday, November 11th, it's going to be at Riverside Presbyterian Church. Very easy to get to right on A1A. And then the venue change that uh, you were just talking about is in Vero Beach, Saturday, November 12th at 7 p.m. That's going to be at the Emerson Center. Our patrons are familiar with the Emerson Center. We've had concerts there before. It's going to be a great concert. I know people are going to enjoy it. We also, our next concert coming up after that will be the Sinfonia Antarctica concert. That's going to be a really, um, really big concert. We're doing... Um, the uh, Richard Strauss Four Last Songs with uh, Marianne Kruger, who's been on the show before. She's got a fantastic voice. That's going to be a really great performance. We're doing Tam O'Shanter by Malcolm Arnold and then uh, Sinfonia Antarctica by uh, Von Williams. Right. And in fact, if you go back a few episodes to our announcement of the 2016-2017 season, Aaron talked about all the pieces uh, here in this particular concert, and in fact, uh, Marianne Kruger, we had a short interview with her, plus a little bit of music from Arnold. Right, Malcolm but, Arnold. It's a, it's a big piece uh, yeah. of Tam, Tam O'Shanter. It's got a big uh, trombone solo of a drunk, so that's very good. 
<laughs> well, uh, I think we have time for one more clip from the recent Titanic concert. This was a piece that was extremely popular, the theme from Apollo 13.
Well, the hour's winding down, but uh, one thing that strikes me is we have not, over the last couple of episodes, addressed the question of the week. We had a couple of special episodes. Uh, so as I think back to the last question of the week, uh, I'm reminded that we actually, uh, we've kind of been kicking the can down the, the street, so to speak, a little bit on it, because the question of the week was a bit of a trick question. The question was... Who invented glass? And the reality is, we got a grand total of zero answers, but what's more important for everyone to know is, we didn't even know what the answer was. <laughs> it was really uh, not not the best question of the week, and we all uh, apologize for that. So we're just going to sweep that off into the dustbin of uh, uh, things we should have left on the cutting room floor here. Uh, but we're going to start afresh and anew with a, a good question of the week. Eric has one. Eric, what's the new question of the week? The new question of the week is, uh, in the Minion movie, what's the name of the head Minion? I knew you were going to ask that question. No, I'm serious. I knew you were going to ask it. Right. And if uh, you need a hint, it's also the same name as my brother-in-law. I don't, I don't know who the new minion, I mean, who the head minion is. Well, that's is. good. That way we don't have to give you any tickets. No, but I, want, I wanted to answer it right now. No no no, 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 no. Save it for next time. No, no. This is for our audience. I know, but I want it to, though. Well, you would. You'd want okay. But you always want to. Every time we ask you a question, want, I see you chopping at the bit. You always want to spoil it for people. <laughs> I, don't I really I don't know who it is. I don't know. So, who it is. All right, good. He's like the uh, you know the kid in class is always like <laughs> I know I know the answer. Uh, <laughs> Arnold Horshake. Oh 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 oh, Mr. Cotter. And, and the teacher's That's like, a good uh, show. what they call you in school, Bill or Billy? Bill. Bill. E. Billy. They'd be like, Billy, shut up. <laughs> Let somebody not, else. not in high school, in grade school. That's what I mean. We're talking about grade school. Right. Yeah. The teacher would be like, Billy, shut up. Let somebody else answer the question. <laughs> shut up. They're like, going, it wasn't that bad. Really? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was. You were probably school. pretty good in school. You probably answered all the questions. So I don't know the answer. That's good. It's a head, what again? What is it? The head minion. Who yeah, was the I head have no idea. In the movie. There were three minions that they leave and, you know, go on their quest. Okay. To find a new boss. That's a good question. It is a good question. All right. So there you have it. And like I said, the hint is the head minion's name is also my uh, name, one of my brothers-in-law. So, so <laughs> mm. Well, I think that's going to do it for another week of Maestros On Air. I'm Jeremy Hickman. I'm Eric Lee. I'm Bill Trudeau. And as always, together, we'll remind you, we'll see you at the show. This has been Maestros On Air, brought to you by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Episodes are available at the iTunes Store or at maestrosonair.com. Maestros On Air is recorded at the Peak Velocity Studio in beautiful Brevard County on Central Florida's Atlantic Coast. For more information about the symphony or upcoming events, like us on Facebook. Or visit our webpage at spacecoastsymphony.org. Thanks for listening. And remember, as always, we'll see you at the show. A Peak Velocity production. 